You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to a special episode of the Cut to the Race podcast. Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Don Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Brophy. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. We had some cool access this week. We got to speak to some super cool people. These are people who drive cars. These are drivers, but they don't drive on racetracks. James, what on earth am I going on about? You're going on about Extreme E, because we were so, so lucky to speak to McLaren, specifically Emma Gilmore and Tanner Faust, their drivers. At uh, tent side, or rather than track side, tent side, whilst they were in their tent, minutes from qualifying. So huge thanks to McLaren Racing for giving us access at a time when they probably should have been qual- focusing on getting into the car. Now, Extreme E is a bit different. Now, we have covered it on other podcasts, you know, the basics of Extreme E. But what is the mission, James? And how is this a different motorsport that really people should be getting behind? Well, Extreme E focuses on electric racing in the name extreme e but these are four by four cars and they are monsters they're all the set they're all the state the same car that's called the odyssey which we'll, we'll hear emma talk about uh, during my my chat with them and they go to places that have that have environmental issues so the first race which we which we spoke about in my interview was in saudi arabia in the desert in the neon desert specifically They've now gone over to Sardinia, a place that is suffering with extreme heat waves, uh, loss of wildlife, all sorts of things. And they and they go there to try and raise awareness as well as to race the, the, the arse off these cars. These cars can do huge amounts of speed and they go through deserts, they go through rally stages, and it is just awesome to watch. Spectacular. 
Yeah, these cars are two and a half meters wide at 550 horsepower if you obviously do the electric conversion. These are monsters. And in Extreme E, there's a difference with the drivers as well, James. And what we're really supportive of as the Formula Nerds is equality of motorsport. What's the difference with Extreme E? Well, I, I, I talk about this when I spoke to Emma and Tanner, but in Extreme E, your teammate is your teammate. In every other category of motorsport, your teammate is your competitor. It's a contradiction in terms, almost in, in, a, in a way. In Extreme E, drivers have to swap over during stages, during qualifying, and the driver who comes out of the car has to strap the other driver in, give them instructions on how the car's doing, what they need to do, any control switches they need to pull, and also one driver, pretty very important point, one driver is female, one driver is male, and it is perfect because it, you have to have such an equal relationship and absolute trust which just doesn't exist in other motorsport formats uh, speaking to emma was an honor so she has won the, the prestigious uh, fia women in motorsport and qmmf cross-country selection in 2015 she was the first woman to win a round of the new zealand rally championship uh, in 2016 she's a factory driver for the she was a factory driver for the hyundai global rally team in 2014 for rallycross she's just got she's got so many things to her name as well and she was uh, she was uh, named as mclaren's first female racing driver uh, at an engagement with the prince of wales our prince of wales here in the uk uh, during cop 26 so she's got a pretty strong CV. Uh, and talking to her, it wasn't intimidating, but I was aware of who I was talking to, put it that way. <laughs> and then and then you look at Tanner Faust. I mean, for those that watch and enjoy Rallycross, which is one of the most awesome motorsports that there are, um, he's, he's a legend, obviously, in that sport. But when, when you look a little further down, he's done a few films as a stunt driver, right? Uh, CSI Miami, that, that, that's just getting building. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He's done other Fast and Furious, Born Ultimatum, Dukes of Hazard. I mean, the list goes on, even straight out of Compton. I need to look that one up because I need to see where he did. But Top Gear, James. Yeah, he was the uh, only US version of Top Gear, which uh, surprised me. I mean, Top, the US version of Top Gear sadly wasn't long for this world. Uh, but I have, have watched a few episodes and uh, Tanner was 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 pretty good in it in fairness he knew what he was doing uh he's a very uh, analytical scientific driver uh that which comes across when i was when i spoke to him as well so i, I think he's a, i think mclaren have uh they've got they've put their drivers they've put the, the, their, their car in, in good hands with these drivers it's really obvious they are not here just to participate and 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 just turn up they want to be competitive with this lineup for sure let's get into the interview Cheers, guys. Thanks very much for joining me this morning. Uh, appreciate you guys. I've literally got, got, got to go out to qualifying, so I'll, I'll jump straight in with my with my questions. That's all right. Um, the first one, very simply put, is if you had to describe Extreme E in one word to someone who's never watched a sport before, what would it be? But you're not allowed to use the word extreme. Well, that blows that out, then I'm done. I would say, um, well... Only speaking from the driving perspective, chaos. I would just say chaos. <laughs> um, groundbreaking. Oh my gosh, so good. That's that. Yeah, those responses first thing in the morning. I like that. Um, wow. It kind of li links onto my next question, really, which is that what what sort of relationship are you guys developing with the MX? I mean, would you say it has a groundbreaking personality, or would you say that it's a chaotic one? What would you? How would you say you're developing the your relationship with that car? We'll be discussing that a bit in a bit. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, the Odyssey. Uh, yeah, it is chaotic at times, isn't it? Yeah, but. Uh, 
you know, we've, we've made really good games. I mean, one of the challenges with Extreme E is we have such little time testing the car, and, and then you're also trying to test it in conditions that are so different to where we actually end up travelling to. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so challenging in so many areas. But, uh, yeah, I think that the, we, we keep improving. You know, Tanner and I keep working out what's going to work for both of us. We're working with Lena and Tina, and, yeah, I think we're getting there. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's becoming harmonious in a chaotic way. <laughs> Tano about you. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, like like Emma said, it, it is challenging to test because there's so few. So testing is quantified in how many kilowatts you burn, and you're only allowed a certain number of kilowatts for te for testing, and it's very few. It's enough for one, maybe two days, uh, and then you're in the southern uh, part of England testing, trying to simulate what it's going to be like in Chile, and uh, it's quite difficult. Uh, but uh, there's a new suspension package. There's a constant development going on. And then, as Emma mentioned, Lena and Tina are a wealth of knowledge uh, as our engineering staff. And so we have a lot of great best guesses to start off with on the tests. And we end up finding a comfortable-ish, as far as uh, comfortable can be in a chaotic uh, machine, um, home. To, uh, to work in for, for the actual race weekend. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's working out. Brilliant. Sounds like it's developing quite well. I mean, from that, would you say there are specific aspects of the car that you, that you, that you like more? And are there certain terrains that you think that the car will perform better at? Um, I know in Saudi, it was performing, you know, extremely well, given your qualifying, which we'll get to in a minute. But where would you say that the car's strength is at the moment? Uh, you know, I was, I was able to drive um, the first sort of evolution of the car last year. So for me, I can see the huge gains that we're making, um, even from where we started uh, in Saudi and then uh, what the new uh, suspension packages have has helped with for this week as well. But um, you can see the improvements coming. Like, I, I think the car is feeling um, really good over the rough stuff. It's just, you know, this this corner, this, this track has a lot more slower corners than what we faced in Saudi. It's quite a different terrain. So it's trying to, to make those changes on the go and, and yeah, and, and then, yeah, work with the engineering team to, to comp it's, it's, it's always a compromise with the rally type car. You know, it's never going to be perfect in all scenarios, but you want it as forgiving as possible as many scenarios mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah, and the car, you know, the car, the Odyssey is the same for everyone. So we're all given the same machine. Um, then we're able to adjust uh, within a few parameters, some suspension, tire pressures, also mapping of how the power is delivered. And so it is quite, um, you know, when there are weaknesses and strengths in the cars, are the things that all the teams face. And you end up working to resolve the weaknesses the best you can. Some with this car are just the amount of suspension travel. Um, is maybe not quite as much as you would like for how big the terrain is. Uh, and so, uh, but my understanding is the current version is much better um, over this terrain than the previous generations. And uh, the best part about it is honestly the electric side. Yeah. The torque, um, the instant gratification, it's incredibly easy to drive because you just have two pedals and you just poke at them. And um, they do what, you know, one goes faster, one goes slower. And it's it's very, very simple, you know. Um, uh, and so that part of it is just instantly there and reliable. Uh, that part is great. 
Uh, it does look like a, one hell of a machine uh, from what I've seen online. It's amazing. I've, I've watched the, the Saudi highlight. I also watched McLaren Uncharted. I'll give you a plug for McLaren Uncharted because I love that show. It was brilliant. Um, the next question I've simply got is, uh, Emma, you're McLaren's first female racing driver. What were your feelings when you were in that car for the first time qualifying in Saudi as McLaren's first female racing driver? It must have been a lovely moment for you. Yeah, it was for me. I, I probably put a bit too much pressure on my shoulders. You know, it's it's um, it's a huge honour. It's you know, so I'm, I'm very very proud of it. But I also, you know, it's it's they're, it's they're big shoes to fill, as as Tanner probably knows as well. You know, be representing McLaren, it's it's such a it's such an impressive brand in motorsport. You know, the history of it and, and you know how much prestige comes with it. So uh, yeah, it was nice to get the first event out of the way and now to just sort of be here as, as a team. And and I think it was true for everyone in the team at Saudi because it was a lot of eyes on us for the fact that we were joining the series um, one season down and I think we really proved that we've done our homework and uh, and we came out firing which was which was awesome you definitely did in Saudi it was brilliant to watch the, the last question I have before we move on to in, into the Saudi race is uh, the teammate dynamic because normally your teammate is your nearest competitor I actually find the word teammate to be a bit of a contradiction in terms because you always have to try and beat them in extremely that really isn't the case it, you have to work very closely together right down to literally strapping each other in at the swap over points uh, when you need to do that and give each other instructions on how the car's performing so can I just ask how you guys are, you know, that, that relationship is maturing after Saudi and what, 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 how you two are developing that over the course of the season? Yeah, working with your teammates is a critical part of Extreme E and like um, where you may share data on most race teams, uh, you're really only 80, 90% honest because they are your greatest competitor. With, uh, with Extreme E, every single thing needs to be discussed and figured out and done uh, 100% to the satisfaction of both drivers. So um, that's a real challenge, I think, for Lena and Tina, our engineering team. Um, to, you know, they're probably used to making a driver feel like the car is really set up for them. But in this case, they really have to make sure the car satisfies two people that may have differing approaches to setting a car up. Uh, it's something that comes over time and something that I think we're working very well with. Mm -hmm. And we're finding uh, that um, it's really a tripod with their engineering prowess and the data they can collect, and then our varying backgrounds all contributing. I think the conversation and everything is very, um, it, it's it's really been productive to, to find a common ground that works. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's similar to a Le Mans series where, you know, there might be three cars, three drivers sharing a car for the, for the ultimate win. So it's, um, yeah, but like you say, we come from different backgrounds so we sort of have different feels for the car but uh and, i mean that's always a challenge working with an engineering team is, is deciphering what we're saying from our feel to what actually the car is doing and then making the changes to get the best feel for both of us so uh so it is a challenge but i think you know tanner and i we, we, we're very lucky in that similar driving styles and that we similar sizes so we have a lot of things that just make it really easy for when we do our driver switches and all those sorts of things so and i think it's a real strong focus on the car for both of us you know there isn't sort of that focus on making it really fast for one driver and, and the other driver just has to cope with it but you know the team is very much focused on making the car as good as possible for both of us brilliant uh well let's talk let's talk about saudi in the last in the last five minutes or so if we can so um we'll talk about q2 i want to Get that out of the way for you in the first there was a power steering issue um I, 
again, bit of a shameless plug for McLaren Uncharted. You were quite emotional in the car, understandably, and the team was first over straight away to say, not your fault, there's nothing you could have done. How quickly were you able to move on from that once you found that out? Because um, I don't, it, it certainly from my, from, from my saw didn't impact the rest of your weekend at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It, I mean, it was hard because like, like I said earlier, question, you know, I put a lot of pressure on my shoulders for, for doing a good job and, and it's so hard, um, you know, when, when you're driving out there thinking, God, I've gone and lost Tanner's lead because he came into the, pit, the switch zone, you know, and I, I genuinely left the pits, you know, thinking that I'd, I'd made a mistake when, you know, the team say, you know, it wasn't your fault. You know, it, it's that whole thing. It is a team sport. You know, it's we're, we're obviously at the front and we get the interviews, but we have an amazing team behind us that is very supportive and, and 100% behind us. Uh, you know, another point that they made was that, um, was that even if I had been my fault, can't do anything about it. You know, you've just got to focus forward. You know, I can't change it. Carry on. So, you know, so I learned a lot from that that first weekend working as a team and, and working with such a professional teams. So, yeah, it's been great. Brilliant. Uh, crazy race. Both of you made some amazing moves. Um, and you were really able to, you know, to show what the, what the MX can do, what you guys and what McLaren can do. My last question, very simply put, is... What do you think McLaren can achieve this year in Extreme E and what are you looking forward to the most about this weekend before you head off into qualifying? I think with the in Saudi, hitting the ground running was what we really wanted to show that we, we could get up to speed quickly. Zach was there, the pressure was on. Um, the crazy race was more of a relief than anything. The, getting through there after having the problem at the start, you know, the mechanical issue um, in qualifying. And then in the final, uh, driving in dust is something I'm sadly a little bit used to and so i knew that that was a place where it just had to go fast um the car in front of me had some problems in the dust and went to the brakes and i just grenaded the back of that car and ended the weekend for us it still puts us fifth in the championship um here i think making the final is is a goal uh this track is very narrow unlike saudi you have to win the start and if you don't win the start then it's about making sure you try not to break something so that you can continue to have a car for not just this race but also the double header weekend coming just a day later in the same track so that's the goal is to uh to take the start and if you don't keep the car together and make it to the end when the dust settles tanner emma thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it enjoy qualifying well james that was an epic interview what what characters they are did you have a good time with them I did, and just again, just thanks so much to the team. Literally, soon as the as soon as we finished the interview, I got cut off because they were going straight out to the car to qualify for round two, which is just insane. Uh, talking to those guys was fantastic, and they were an absolute joy. They clear they didn't mind the fact what the time we were doing, and they had all the time in the world for me, which is just it's, it's nice when you're talking to someone when you're that close to a Grand Prix weekend. If you want to follow their, their their exploits, I strongly recommend that you go and watch McLaren Uncharted on YouTube. Uh, I talked about it during the interview, but it is it's, you see right into the team and the emotions and how they're all feeling and all the different preparations they do right out, right from the track walk right through to the race itself and access to with inside the car so really give it a watch it's fascinating now there is a lot of motorsport on this weekend we know we're covering it but extreme e is one that you do have to catch even if you're watching it a little behind real time you've still got to do it uh, qualifying one and two are on saturday uh, qualifying one starts at 10 a.m english time uh, qualifying two at 3 p.m and the race well, the semi-finals in the race are 9 a.m. 
on Sunday. And the final race starts at 12pm. Now, you can watch this on a variety of different places. YouTube, uh, or you can even watch the race on ITV1 this weekend, which is absolutely awesome to see this sport getting the publicity it deserves. James, you are a dedicated F1 fan, Formula fan, but is Extreme E worth watching? Yes, I've now lost my entire Sunday. I will now be watching Extreme E, all the Formula, all the Formula Support races, and the F1 itself. I, uh, I meant to be, I meant to be moving house next Friday. I have so much to get through, but I'm going to have to dedicate a lot of Sunday to motorsport now because Extreme E is on my list, and I'm not just saying that to plug it. Genuinely, uh, it is such a cool sport it's it's in it it's environmentally aware environmentally friendly promotes what we need in the world right now and frankly it's just awesome it is indeed so i'll be watching it make sure you watch it we'll be back on sunday with the cut to the race review show where we will be reviewing this weekend's action in austria but until then thank you james cheers thanks Sally. and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go! Sports Social Podcast Network.